0: And good morning to you, wherever you may be around the world. Welcome to Lighthouse Live on the Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network. Pastor Mike Douglas with you here, along with our predecessor, the inimitable Mr. Owl, Al Ramsey, and also joining us in studio for this special broadcast today is uh, Bridget Eilers. And uh, I don't remember how we got connected, but uh, somehow God brought us together, and and uh, you just have just a fantastic ministry. We're going to be introducing you to Bridget and just a couple of minutes. Also in studio with us is uh, a representative of one of the uh, institutions that we just love working with. Uh, we call them our Phoenix friends, and these are uh, folks who are going through their degree programs at the University of Phoenix, and they do some intern work with us for their hours that they need for their degrees. And with us uh, today also is uh, Janetta Ferguson, and Janetta's been uh, interning with us now for uh, a month or two and just doing some dynamic work. So uh Glad to have another Phoenix friend with us. Always, always happy to be involved with that. Uh, friends, just a, a program note here on Lighthouse Live, in our new format now, we do a shorter version of Lighthouse Live once a week, and uh, you can uh, get those broadcasts on our new website at vibrantcommunities.org, that's www.vibrantcommunities.org, and then once a month we have a, a more of a special like we're doing today, and that's a, a full version of Lighthouse Live. So watch for those coming up on our website, and by the way, we just launched... Our new website 24 hours ago. Love for you to go visit it again. The website is www.vibrantcommunities.org. Vibrantcommunities.org and especially want to thank Jared Hill of Jared Hill Studios for doing a dynamic job for us. I think he's also helping you, right, yep. uh, Bridget? Yeah, just does a great creative mind and, and does great work. Heartily endorse him uh, if you're looking for some uh, design work to be done. And also our thanks uh, for making that possible to uh, Big Valley Grace Community Church and their REACH ministry who helped underwrite uh, the expenses for that. So uh, thanks to all of you for letting us launch this brand new website. Again, we invite you to uh, to visit it. Also, kudos and a special thanks to Cheryl Birch Ministries. Uh Cheryl uh, has been on Lighthouse Live several times over the past couple of years, and her ministry has a wonderful thing that they do every fall. They get backpacks together for needy children and fill them with school supplies. Not only do they have backpacks, but they're age-appropriate for male or female, because you know, Al, we guys don't go to school with pink backpacks. You know, that just doesn't cut it. You can get beat up by the bike rack if you do that. So, you know, there are age-appropriate and, and gender-appropriate uh, backpacks, and uh, Cheryl and, and her ministry have given 24 to AVC to distribute to some of our most needy families, which we'll be doing this weekend. So, uh, again, great thanks to Cheryl Birch and Cheryl Birch Ministries uh, for this wonderful effort called Bless the Kids, and we just thank you for the privilege of partnering with you on that now friends so before we go on let's check in with our friends from voice of the martyrs well,
1: What's up? This is Michael Tate with
0: the story of another real-life Jesus freak. Recently, a 17-year-old girl in the Guido region of Somalia was severely beaten, shackled to a tree, and prescribed medication for, quote, mental illness. Why? The family of Nurta Mohamed Farah discovered she had converted to Christianity. But Nurta is not mentally ill. She simply realized her sinful condition, her need for a savior, and accepted God's free gift of grace. Though chained to a tree, in truth, Nurta has been unshackled, finding freedom in Christ. Still, the Voice of the Martyrs requests prayers for Nurta and her family, and for freedom of religion for all the Somali people. For more, go online to persecution.com. And that's a wonderful reminder, friends, to pray for the persecuted church around the world. I Often, tell the story of uh, a missionary we recently spoke to in China, and the comment was made at the conference we were at that, "Wow, we need to pray for the persecution there that uh, it it subsides." And he says, "No, no, 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 don't don't do that. Just pray for our response to the persecution, because God's church never gets stronger than when uh, persecution is underway." And so, friends, let's uh, let's. Remember our brothers and sisters around the world uh, as uh, as they are sometimes tortured and persecuted, sometimes executed uh, for the cause of Christ. Let's uh, turn back stateside now and check in with our friend Brad Dacus at the Pacific Justice Institute. It's time for The Legal Edge, a look at your rights as a Christian, a parent, and a citizen. And now with a look at what's happening on the legal front, the president of the Pacific Justice Institute, Brad Dakis, Pacific Justice Institute is defending the people's fundamental right to place ballot initiatives before voters. You see, in Marietta, California, two female residents collected the required number of signatures to place an initiative on the November 2012 ballot, seeking to remove all red light cameras from the city. After more than six months of door knocking, they obtained more than 6,000 signatures. But in June 2012, Diana Serafin and Robin Nielsen were sued to prevent the initiative from appearing on the ballot. Well, PGI affiliate attorney is defending these two women from being sued. I'm Brad Dacus. To find out more about The Legal Edge, call 916-857-6900 or log on at pacificjustice.org. And again, we encourage you to support the Pacific Justice Institute. And you know, friends, the issue here is not the red light cameras. I mean, as an ex-cop... I I have an opinion about red light cameras you know but the, but the issue here is the freedom to be able to gather signatures and put something on the ballot, whether it's red lights or, you know, whatever the issue might be. And we just thank Brad Dacus and the Pacific Justice Institute for the wonderful work that uh, they do. And speaking of thanking folks, we want to thank our our former producer and co-host, Elaine Harlan, for her many years of service, uh, almost 10 years of service here on Lighthouse Live and Advancing Vibrant Communities. And she's taken a wonderful opportunity with uh, local radio stations here at the River and the Vine and is now working full-time with them, and we send her our, our greetings and uh, best wishes and uh, blessings for uh, that wonderful new career move. Certainly miss her here, uh, but uh, certainly understand that wonderful new calling that God has given her. So, Elaine, uh, our best to you, and, and uh, trust that God will do great things uh, in you and through you in this new chapter in, in your life. Now here, we want to again uh, introduce you to Bridget Eilers, and uh, we, we were connected not too long ago, uh, Bridget, and I, I was yes. captivated by the name of the ministry. First of all, the chemo crew. I yes. mean, that, that kind of evoked, wow, what is, I mean, you, you, you think of a, a bunch of folks in white jackets or something, you know, with, with tubes and, and all of that, and, and Bridget, what's fascinating about this is that God allowed you to go through a very serious illness, go through chemotherapy. You've been through it, and now he's taking that and using you in a powerful way to help folks. So let's kind of go back from the beginning a little bit about your history and how God led you into this uh, wonderful new ministry chapter in your life.
1: Well, yes, thank you for having me on the show. I'm very excited uh, to be here. And my journey started in uh, 2010 when, um, I just found out that, you know what, there's something going on. I don't know what's going on with my body, but something's going on. So I went to the doctors and one thing led to the next and I got diagnosed with stage three ovarian cancer. Uh, and that was a very, um, shocking thing to hear because I was 29 at the time and the word cancer usually followed by the age 29 usually does not happen. So for me, I was shocked. Uh, but at the same time, I knew that God had everything under control. Um, I have three young children and they were four, six and seven at the time. So the thoughts and fears and worries of, Oh my goodness, I have cancer. I just went through this major surgery and now I'm going to be facing chemo. Uh, that was a very, difficult time in my life and my husband's life to have to experience that and think, okay, let's do this. Let's go down this path. And, uh, I had amazing support system that helped me through my journey. Um, that's kind of where the chemo crew comes along. They were my chemo crew when I went to treatment or just anything that I went through, they were there for me. And I kind of wanted to take those experiences and kind of pay it forward. And use the comfort that I received from the Lord and from my support to then comfort those who are going through, um, their difficult time. Cause chemo and cancer is not fun. And I know that there's probably people listening that have gone through cancer and chemo and radiation and, and that, that, uh, They know what I've been through and they know the challenges and and the difficult things that all the side effects, the doctors give you, tell you all the different terms of, oh, you're going to have this medicine and that medicine and, uh, but, uh, then to actually go home and experience those things is another story and you basically need a, a guide for that as well. So we hope to offer some hope and help for people going through treatment now.
0: Now you talked about this support system that you have that was that was critical yes uh, to bringing you through this. Was that system there? Did you develop it uh, develop it? How did that happen?
1: Ah, uh, yeah, I basically have the most amazing family and friends a person can ask for, and it was through my my tears and my um just talking to my my loved ones and my friends that they kind of just stepped in and said, "What do you need?" And my biggest fears were my children. Um, How are they going to have a normal life through this or just being able to go to school or be able to play? I didn't know. There's so much unknown with cancer uh, and treatment that my friends kind of said, okay, you know what? Here, we'll help. We'll provide meals. We'll provide the normal daily activities that you would have to do will help fill that gap for you. And my family was there for me and supported me and just kind of allowed me and my husband and for our family just to focus on me and getting better. And being able to do that was a huge part of my successful recovery.
0: As a, as a chaplain for law enforcement and being a pastor for years, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I've learned there are some things you say and some things you don't say. Right. To people who are in crisis. Mm-hmm. Maybe just give us some insights, especially maybe for family members and friends who have had uh, a loved one who has just been diagnosed with cancer. They're going to be going through therapy or perhaps it's even terminal. What are some of the things that we should be saying that are really encouraging, and maybe equally as important, what are some of the things that we ought not to be saying that don't really help?
1: Well, I'll start with some things that are helpful. Um, Just to know that my family and friends were praying for me, and that I had that um, just solid network of people who were praying, that really gave me hope and comfort, so your prayers are definitely because God is an almighty God that can heal us and he is just amazing. So to have that prayer and that support is, um, the best way that we can have that hope and that peace, knowing that, you know what, God is going to take care of us. And, um, a lot of times, um, a good thing, a suggestion for family and friends, set up a blog, set up something that could be helpful for um, an individual going through treatment, whether it be through Facebook updates or whatever, because that kind of relieved some pressure from myself going through treatment, not having to answer phone calls or deal with, oh, for the 20th time, I have to tell my friend that this is the symptoms that I was having today. So to have that, um, already built in place to where somebody set up in the family that can give the updating and the, the tools in that way to relieve some of, so then all I did was focus on getting better for myself. Um, let's see. So the
0: the family member or friend actually set up the blog or whatever and did the updates. So you didn't have to do anything except pass along some information. To
1: exactly. Them, right? Yeah. And yeah. that was my mm. spouse or whoever that, then that kind of relieves some feeling like, Oh, now I have to talk to this person and then it's emotional and it affects the family and friends too. They're part of this journey as well. It wasn't right. just me going through it. It was them. So for them, Feeling that connection of, okay, this is how she was feeling today or, okay, this is what I could be praying for, was a huge thing um, and could be a huge thing for other people as well.
0: Friends, again, we're uh, our special guest today is Bridget Eilers with the Chemo Crew. And uh, the phone number is 209-216-6271. That's 209-216-6271. And uh, the website is www chemocrew.com that's chemocrew.com Bridget what are some of the things that aren't too helpful uh that that sometimes people do or say with the best of intentions but really don't help you
1: right well a lot of times out in public um for me it kind of bothered me but it I just took it as you know what people are just being kind and considerate and they would um they would come up to me and they'd ask oh Obviously, I lost my hair, and um, I didn't, my eyebrows and my eyelashes, so I looked like I was a, a cancer patient. Um, but people, oh, what stage are you on? Or, oh, you have cancer, or they just ask questions that maybe weren't necessarily They want to be encouraging and say, I'm praying for you, but everybody's at a different place. So sometimes people don't want to be recognized Mm. when they're going through treatment because it's embarrassing or they're just trying to go through their day of, i got to go to the grocery store. I want to go in and out and I don't want to be seen. So to get that being seen kind of... I know a lot of people that I've talked to that that kind of makes them a little bit uncomfortable. Mm. But um again it's with good intentions and everything. People are just wanting to share in the experience, but that could be a little off-putting to some people.
0: Yeah. Now what did what did your family learn? What did what did your husband and your kids learn uh, through this process?
1: Um well we definitely learned that our strength and our hope in everything that we do comes from the Lord. Mm. Um, I thought I had good perspective before, but once you go through something like this, your perspective is put in a whole new light and that we are given today and life is today and that's what we need to focus on. So for us as a family, we try to do that more for sure. And, um, yeah you don't know what tomorrow's gonna hold or what the future's gonna hold, so how can we be a family?
0: What about your family in terms of their need for rest, uh, their need for encouragement? i mean they're uh, they're a support system for you. what What are things people can do for the families who are the support system for the cancer patient?
1: Well, they can definitely offer um help in any ways I know for my family. Uh, they set up meals and things for me. So to have that extended network of people that are offer, offering to help to provide meals, to just maybe relieve their load too. Cause like, uh, I said that I wasn't just the only one going through it. They were as well. So just to have that sounding board of, Hey, if you're a really close friend to a mom whose daughter is going through treatment that you would be a listening ear for for that mom, so that she can feel comfortable to share with them how their daughter 's doing, and mm-hmm. be listening ear is probably the best thing
0: you know we can spend our lives reading scriptures and then you you go through some things and suddenly scripture pops out at you mm-hmm. in a way that it never has before. I was thinking of that very famous passage at the beginning of James. Can p- consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith mm-hmm. develops perseverance. And he goes on to say, Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking in anything. Those words develop new meaning for you throughout all
1: this? Oh, yes. They definitely, I I agree, Scripture totally is in a new light for sure. I thought uh my biggest trials were behind me. I'm like, "Oh, I'm good. I went through these trials and now I'm healthy and fine." But every day has its own worries and fears mm. and things that we learn that bring us closer to God because he is our ultimate uh peace-giver and hope provider. So
0: you know and it it brings to mind Bridget, how folks go through these kind of trials without the Lord in their lives. As a tra- it makes it even more traumatic, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, I could not. There's such a hope and peace that I get or I got knowing that God was in control. He is the one who has taken me down this path as much as I did not want to go down it and would not have chosen it for myself. I know God's purpose and plan in Jeremiah, for I know the plans that I have, declares the Lord. He wants to prosper us and and to do good. And sometimes we have to face the trials Mm -hmm. and the things in order to prosper and to do his work. So,
0: How did God transition you into this ministry did i mean was it kind of a compelling call that you had wow i can now help other people what what did god do in your life to to initiate this ministry
1: it was uh like i said the chemo crew name came from my support system so it started with that and then it started to develop into realizing you know what there are people out there that don't know the Lord that, you know what, maybe I could be a light to them. Mm. I could plant a seed of that hope and be able to share with them my testimony or my heart um, that God is my strength. But there is too a lot of areas of, like I said, they give you the terminology of all the medicines and all this and that, that then they send you home and it's like, okay, now what do I do now? How do I deal with the symptoms and the side effects? And if I would have had a, a lot of the tools that I provide now, um, as I was going through treatment, it just would have given me that extra piece of knowing there is a survivor. There's somebody who has been there, who's done that, who is thinking about me and praying for me and kind of helping me through my journey. So I just spent time praying and saying, "Okay, what do you want me to do, Lord? How do you want me to to do this?" And yeah.
0: Now you have uh, a kit, You a wonderful bag here that says "Hope and Help." Yes. And uh, I know you've developed a kit. You've written a book. Let's talk about what you have in that kit and okay. uh, how it's how it's used to to help folks who are going through chemotherapy.
1: Yes. Well, I um, put together this kit and hopes to offer hope and help hope and saying you're not alone. Look at this is a kit from survivors who have been there and done that and help practical tips to help them through, um, dealing with like metal mouth. There's candies Mm -hmm. to deal with metal mouth. I could not sleep, uh, without having a sugar Jolly Rancher candy in my mouth to take that taste away. So that's a tip that you only get if you've gone through treatment. Um, I've had, there's throw up bags. I came up with my own little version of an embroidery hoop with a four-quart uh, <laughs> gallon garbage bag <laughs> that they gave me one or two uh, while I was going through treatment, but I needed 10 or 20. So uh, to have that practical tip at the beginning of treatment, like I tell everybody, I pray that you do not have to use this, mm. but if you do, at least you have it. Um, there's literature from the American Cancer Society, just general information, understanding chemotherapy, um, some eating temp tips and hints, as well as a chicken soup for the soul, the cancer book, um, that I put in the kit and then a rice wrap to help with the aches and pains. It can be a rice wrap is a little, um, square of fabric with rice in it that you can throw in the microwave to heat up to use as a heating pad, or it could be also used as an ice pack. I tell people to use it for going to the hospital. I've had horrible veins, so they would have to poke me seven or eight times before they actually got a vein. So if I would have had that heating pad, um, at the hospital or on the way to the hospital for treatment, then that would have been beneficial. And then uh, I published a, a planner, it's called Hope and Help, and basically it's a one-stop shop for cancer patients in their journaling of all the important things that they need to know while they're going through treatment that a doctor could ask them, from their medication that they're taking, the symptoms that they have, what they're eating, their important contact information, the important dates. For me, I had everything everywhere, there was nothing that I found that kind of had it all in one place. So uh, I published it in hopes to offer that to people that are going through treatment now. So when they go into their doctors, they'll have the questions. They'll have everything that the doctor could ask because there is a little thing called chemo brain that I experienced and my brain was scattered all over the place. So
0: it helps to have an advocate.
1: Exactly. Right. And exactly. Let's, let's
0: talk about that role and, and who you need to look for uh, to do that. And, and if you're the advocate, if it's TAG, you're it. What what do you need to do in that role?
1: Um, as the chemo crew, um, our... Our role would be just to get the information out to everybody, um, because there's a lot of amazing and wonderful organizations already established in the community, like the American Cancer Society, um, like. All the hospitals offer great resources, but their focus is on the medical side of it. So having the advocate of somebody in the community that can kind of vet and be somewhat of a clearinghouse of all the resources for them to say, okay, here's great resources now this could help you. So to offer that one-on-one support of sitting down with somebody and hearing their story, hearing their struggles or the things that they need and offering them the right places to go to get those resources is how we'd want to advocate for advocate for them.
0: Now, let's say you're a, a friend of someone going through chemotherapy and they mm-hmm. say, gee, you know, well, I think the term you used was I have chemo brain, you know, yes. just things are, <laughs> things are scattered right now. Can you come with me? If you're that person that's coming with, what are some of the things that you need to listen for and, and watch for?
1: Um, just to hear their true needs, because mm. a lot of times... We try, myself included, I try to put on a face of, oh, I'm strong, or oh, I don't need the help, or oh, I can do this myself. And um, for somebody who knows, and that was my support system, for somebody who's a friend that goes with me to treatment, they know to listen and to be quiet and be still and say, okay, she needs me to do this, but I don't really need to say what I need. So to to be a listening ear and, um, just ask the questions of, don't be afraid that a small question of, oh, Mm -hmm. do you need a cracker or, oh, can I get you a drink of water or, oh, do you want me to bring movies or books or how can I help you ask those little questions? Because if I have chemo brain, I'm not going to think of them, but
0: well, and, and after the appointment, uh, if you know, with all this pressure, the emotions that are going, uh, I would imagine that you often don't remember a lot of what was said, and that advocate can be very helpful in exactly, that regard. Exactly,
1: right? exactly. And that's kind of the purpose of my book as well, to give that place to write things down, mm. and there's notes. No places. So even a binder or a notebook that somebody, cause different people came with me all the time. So if I would have had one notebook that went to and from appointments and everything. So if my mom came with me one time or your dad or your best friend or a loved one, then everybody's on the same page. And yeah, that definitely helps because yeah. <laughs>
0: Again, friends, we're talking with Bridget Eilers from the Chemo Crew, uh, hope and help for those who are uh, going through chemotherapy or about to go through chemotherapy. And I think that's one of the important things here, Bridget, mm-hmm. is that your resources are there from the get-go. Yes. And, uh, and and so we encourage you, friends, to uh, engage this ministry as soon as you can. Their phone number, 209 216 6271 that's 2092166271 and the website is dot com. Bridget uh, what would you say to uh, individuals who have just gotten that diagnosis what would you say to their families right now to provide them with some
1: encouragement um i would probably tell them that they are not alone hmm. Uh, the biggest thing and the, the biggest emotion that I felt was fear of the unknown. What is going to happen? And the encouragement that I would offer a family member, or somebody going through it is God has got everything under control and he will be walking through this journey with you. And he has provided an amazing support system. He has called your family, your friends, your loved one to be there and support you. So allow yourself to just be in the moment and take one step at a time because we cannot control tomorrow and all these big terms and these drugs and the the fears of the symptoms and side effects. We don't know. You don't know what's going to happen or or how your body is going to respond. So just take today, take tomorrow in one step at a time because it can get very overwhelming and that's what I tried to do. I tried to take it all on and try to use the internet, which is good sometimes, but could be definitely a tool that can feed the fears of worry and fear and the statistics. Um, I tell people a lot that we are definitely not statistics, um, we are individuals with our own story and our own journey. And yes, that makes up the statistics, but we um are our own person. So God is in control and he will be there for you and just allow to have that peace. And it's very easy to say, <laughs> um, but mm-hmm. through prayer and just trusting that God will be with you is Definitely the tip and thing that I tell everybody. So
0: now, Bridget, your ministry obviously has a physical presence here mm-hmm. in uh, Stanislaus County, uh, but can people uh, around the world or other parts of the country take advantage of of your resources?
1: Yes, they can. Um, as of now, yes, we are in Stanislaus County and our, our general area of focus is this community, but our website has lots of tips and tools and the items that are in our kit are on that as well. So you can definitely take advantage of knowing all those resources and um, going out and getting them for your loved ones and your family members um, to kind of help them through their journey as well. Uh, but I think through California is the scope of our being able to deliver and send out kits at this time.
0: Again, friends, the information, phone number 209-216-6271, that's 216-6271 in the 209 area code. The email is thechemocrew at gmail.com, thechemocrew at gmail.com. Once again, the website, www.chemocrew.com. That's www.chemocrew.com. As uh, we go now, Bridget, how can people pray for you in your ministry uh, right now?
1: Um, they could probably be praying just that God opens the right doors and that we are able to get into the hospitals and the organizations in the community that um, we can offer this kit of information to them at the beginning of their journeys to To help them from the start and just that as we're beginning because we are a new organization that God will just provide the right people to be part of our organization and the survivors to tell the stories to be able to share and reach out to more people in the community.
0: Amen. Bridget, thank you so much for taking that cue from God and uh, really using that terrible experience in a positive way, not only to provide people with some hope and and some help, but also to be Christ with skin on in a very uh, dynamic way. We'll keep you in prayer again, uh, friends. Our guest has been Bridget Eilers from the chemo crew here in Stanislaus County in California. Thank you for joining us this afternoon, Lighthouse Live. And just remember, you can uh, look up more of our programs that are archived on our website, www.vibrantcommunities.org, vibrantcommunities.org. For Advancing Vibrant Communities in Lighthouse Live Radio, I'm Mike Douglas. Thanks for joining us.